0: Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell.
1: We do a lot of debriefing. I talk about it in in terms of my fighters' experience. we, we might do a 25-minute flight and debrief it for two and a half days. Uh, we've got to debrief it to excellence and, and to perfect execution uh, because we can't always get perfect execution in the flight. Uh, on a daily basis, as we're executing the thousands of moving parts behind the scenes to take off for one flight um, and, and to conduct a single flight safely, um, it, it's, it's a tough business. It's really hard to do. Um, And the best way to get ahead, the best way to improve is through the debrief, Uh, sitting down and thinking about where we could have been better, even if it went well, what could we have done differently? What could we have done better? Um, And that's how you constantly improve, finding what that root cause issue is and then solving it for the future. And debriefing is
0: a real pain in the butt, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) just
1: just slow yourself down and do that. That's... That's grueling, isn't it? It's painful. It's painful, and it takes a a tremendous amount of discipline. Uh, We have a weekly staff meeting where we sit and we talk about what's ahead, but also going back to understand what we could have done differently or could have done better. Um, And and so it's an opportunity uh, to get better, but, boy, is it hard. It's like uh, uh, eating your oatmeal when when you'd rather have uh, something a little unhealthier. And how do you, when
0: you debrief, uh, now you're only doing that kind of debriefing on the really uh, rough flights or the things that didn't go well, or uh, uh, what causes you to dig in? When you do the debriefing, what what are you doing?
1: Yeah, we're we're talking about everything. What happened today? What went well? What didn't go well? What was just kind of mediocre? We want to understand where we fell short or where we excelled. Um, it's just as good to go over those things that you did well and to understand that so you can replicate it, so you can make sure that everyone on the team understands how we were able to succeed in that one category or situation. Um, And you want to go through those things just as much as you want to go through whatever your weaknesses are. Yeah, and that can be easily overlooked, don't you think, uh, Glenn, with uh,
0: the idea, and that's why, that... People say you don't learn much from your, your wins, your successes. You know, you do most of your learning from your losses, and uh, uh, because when it hurts, you know, <laughs> you get beat. You don't want that to happen again. But it's so easy to overlook uh, the things you did right, and to systematize. You know, to basically recognize the people who did a good job and how they did it. You know, there's a recognition uh, feature there that's important that most companies just totally ignore. You know, they just assume
1: everybody's going to do everything right. But uh, you shouldn't do that as a CEO, should you? No, you've you've got to celebrate people. We have uh, what we call our Your Exceptional Service Award, the Yes Award. Um, and we celebrate our victories and we celebrate one another in public. Uh, When we get a a customer survey where someone's uh, telling us about their great experience, we make sure to communicate that to uh, those individuals who provided that service. Uh, We communicate that broadly throughout the organization. Um, It's so critical to celebrate the wins when you're a new company uh, because sometimes you're in the thick of it. You're swimming in the middle of the Atlantic, uh, trying to find uh, a quiet space and hoping someone will rescue you. Um, And it it probably isn't going to happen anytime soon, but you still have to celebrate those small victories no matter how small and make sure the people on your team who are fighting alongside you day in and day out are celebrated for their tremendous efforts. Now where did you learn that? I mean when did that you know you're a pilot you're
0: up there with maybe a co-pilot and you have a small oh, you're responsible for the, the the plane. And though all of a sudden now you're responsible for the whole organization and all of the people involved in the organization and all of the procedures and all you know all of the policies of of uh, building a and maintaining a great company. So how do you transition, Glenn, <laughs> to this smooth guy who all of a sudden you come up with these awards for? We got to celebrate our people. we got how did how did you know to do that? Was there something in your upbringing? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a role model? Because you're. Let me just say this:
1: you're doing a lot of things right. <laughs> It doesn't always feel like that, Larry. Um, You know, I, I, again, I kind of go back to that thought process. I've been here before. We've been here before. Um, And maybe it was on a smaller scale. Maybe I'm only responsible for a basketball team. Maybe I'm responsible for some of the people in the military that I was leading there. Um, But, you know, now you couple that previous experience with I'm responsible for not just um, the, the the business and a couple of people, I'm responsible for the lives of so many. Well, I've been responsible for people's lives before. I've flown airplanes with people in the back. Very different situation, but still, the most important thing is a human element of what we're talking about and what we're doing. And so I make decisions focused on how do I help these people accomplish what they want to accomplish. Um, we, We talk about it quite often, Larry, that my responsibility is to hire great people, and um, remove the obstacles from them being great, uh, whatever those obstacles might be, and then making sure that they are they are rewarded and compensated uh, for the sacrifices that they make to our to our company. They could work anywhere. They could work at Jeddit, They could work um, somewhere else. Um, but. Uh, they're choosing to work with us, and it's my job to make sure that they're getting something for that effort, uh, something beyond their compensation, something that they can give to their communities, to their families, to their schools. Um, maybe it's to them prefer- professionally or personally that they're getting out of being here. It's understanding those things, that human element, and making sure to return it back to each person um, at jenet Now, when you started, what
0: what was the most uh frightening embarrassing humiliating uh uh negative thing that happened that really got shook you to your core because i like you say you're in the the human life business you know and you're dealing with big dollars you took a big gamble glenn yeah. <laughs> and you continue and you're you're egging people on to take big gambles, you know, and uh, you have to be the guy to deliver and then things come along that you can't control. You know, that's the thing about being a football coach as opposed to a basketball coach. There's so many different teams within the team and coaches in your coaching staff that any one of those Uh, breaks down and it all kind of rolls up to the head coach and it can and it can show up at the worst time and in the most critical game of the of the season where you've done everything right then all of a sudden you know it blows up in your face and the uh, head coach is there you know feeling the burn you know all the eyes are on him and so what was the worst thing that happened that really shook you uh in this process
1: yeah, Larry, you know, I'm humbled every day by, by this experience. Um, it, uh, it, it sometimes is eye-opening and enlightening, and other days it's painful. Um, I, I would say the, the thing that probably hurts the most um, is when you invest so much time and effort and energy into people or processes, um, and, and they fail. You know, it almost feels like betrayal. And maybe it's not they fail, maybe they just turn around and walk out um and so that's that's you know disappointing in a lot of ways um, and, and those things are, are painful to absorb but you realize you know, you've got to keep moving forward because there are so many other people who are still dependent um, upon those systems working dependent upon the other people within the organization and supporting them and making sure that they have what they need. Well a lot of that is
0: selling, You know, it's just like when you went into business for yourself, the first person, first sale you made had to be you. And, uh, you know, you got to convince yourself and we all do, you know, we all have to convince ourselves that this is going to be worthwhile. This is what we should be doing. And then in a similar way, key person leaves or some kind of disaster happens. And, you know, there's a big loss, either loss in prestige, in credibility, in income or in the case of a valuable person walking out uh, you've got to you got to work through that yourself successfully you can't just act like step up or lift, lip you know and uh everybody's looking at me so i'm gonna act like it doesn't bother me but people can s- smell a phony a mile away they can see when you're you're acting and uh for the for you to pull it off you got to have a conviction where you've talked yourself through it and you worked it out and you say you know if they left good you know they needed to go you know it's better now you know things i've said to myself well better now than later you know yeah. it might hurt me now but it won't hurt me like it would, would have been if it was down the road and you work yourself through that ch- again checklist and then you're you know you become rock solid again have you had to go? Is that
1: is that what you put yourself through? Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it any better, Larry. You you deal with the initial emotion of it. Um, you do your best to take the emotion out of it, uh, and then you objectively find a path forward. You know, in 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 you know in in the military and flying fighters, we all, we would always say, "I never want to have to do my best work to get out of a situation," uh, because if you're doing that you're probably in a really really challenging space and the like the odds of succeeding are probably pretty low Uh, so you know hopefully in in these cases and i learned very early on to plan and be prepared for those types of scenarios for a system not to work for someone to walk out the door Uh, but you know hopefully you see it coming when you don't see it coming um it's it's an emotional feeling and you you roll with the punches, you just stay focused on those people that are still there, providing them with what they need, um, providing the business with what it needs and providing your customers staying true to your ultimate purpose and service. Yeah, and that works your way down to, you know, folks, if you're listening, (laughs) you're hearing
0: a real world explanation of, of what the eggheads refer to as emotional intelligence, you know. Uh, you know, ha- keeping your, your wits about you under fire and all of this type of uh, things that they put egghead words on and, and, you know, it has to do with sell- selling books and, but uh, doing courses and stuff like that. But in, uh, I, I covered, I explained it in my book, like, uh, what do you do when disaster strikes? You know, it's just like blindsided disaster. It's on you. It hurts, it's gonna cost you, and uh, you can't quit. You know, you've got to come up with a solution in your head, basically when your head's spinning. And what you do, that's the initial blow. The first thing you tell yourself is that, you know, I just got hit by the meteor. I can't expect myself to behave at my peak right now. You know, you gotta give yourself, it's just like when you get stung by a bee. You know, there's a certain phase of that's just going to hurt for a while, you know, and if I'm screaming, yelling and running around, that's just what I've got to do to offload the pain, you know, but after that, go to the facts, you know, after the emotional shock hits you, the way you stabilize yourself, is you start saying, well, where are we, you know, what actually happened and what, uh, who actually is still here? You know, how bad am I actually hurt? And then, you know, what happens, Glenn? I don't know if you realize that, you know, if you've realized this yourself, it's amazing how many times in those catastrophic situations it actually works out that it was the greatest thing in the world for you.
1: It's yeah. amazing
0: how that works out, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I think back to my days boxing at the Academy, or if you've ever been punched in the nose, uh, your eyes start to water and the, you better get your hands up before you get punched again.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, that, that's that got to be that immediate response. And if you've done any boxing or uh, anything of the sort, you you know now I've, I've got a couple of options. I've got my hands up. I'm not going to get punched in the nose again. Hopefully I can get my wits about me. Um, do I clinch? Do I punch back? Do I move out of the way? There are all kinds of different things. But the first thing you've got to do after being punched in the nose is... You, as you blink away, the tears, you got to get your hands up, yeah. uh, you get punched in the nose again. Yes. Yeah, you... so that's the response. And it kind of goes back again to, Hey, I've been here before different situation. This time I'm punched in the nose by a situation or, or someone leaving the, the organization. I'm blindsided, didn't see that coming, but I got to respond and, um, got to keep, keep punching back. You know, that's
0: the great thing about learning lessons from competition learning lessons about winning is they are transferable to all other areas of your life for the rest of your life. And uh, I was talking to, in fact, I want to get him on back on because I didn't get a chance to dig into this uh, the extent that I wanted. But uh, I had a big time financial CEO on here one time and he was talking about how he really learned how to fight back, solve problems, get off the canvas from being uh, a 110 pound wrestler in high school. (laughs) Flat on his back, it's over unless I can come up with something, you know, and uh, uh, get myself out of this situation. And so, you know, it's really, really fun to hear how those things relate.